In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. If I could go back and rewind the clock, I would rewind the clock and just and just live a pure life until I met my wife and let my first moment sexual encounter be with her. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we we salute salute you. you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos. And I'm here with Dale Culver. And guys, we are so thankful that you are picking up the uh, podcast, listening to it on the way to work, wherever you're driving. And God, keep it, guys, keep us informed on uh, how we're doing. Give us some input. Uh, write an iTunes positive review. We'd really, really appreciate that. But hey, man, how you doing, Dale? I'm doing good. You got a man law for me? I do. Hey, guys, one of the number one things you can do for your marriage and your wife is to, it's the manliest thing you can do for her, Jim. For your wife, the dishes. The dishes. <laughs> I no. was gonna. I was gonna say, pray for her daily. Ah, and, and that's I, better. And this I, is better. And I don't mean like, okay, you're driving to work and you say a silent prayer in your head or whatever. But each night or each morning, you know, hold your wife and pray for her. How do you do on that? How are you doing with that? I'm doing much better lately. Cool. Yeah, each night we go to bed and. And I told my wife, we need to stop and take time to do that and pray for our family. So to st- statistically, excuse me, 50% of people get married, get divorced. 70% of those who live together before they're married, get divorced. 50% of people in the church get divorced. But for couples who pray together, one in 1,000 get divorced. Whoa. It just jumps. And don't get, and I can quote you the stats and where I got them later, but but this is something I, I read in a book recently. I can't remember which book it was. I think some, Rick Johnson wrote it, I think. I think it's that, yeah. uh, The Power of I a Man. I remember hearing this The recently. Power of a Man. He quotes that statistic, and I believe it. And I think uh, Newsweek magazine came out with something very, very similar that the couples that last the longest and stay the strongest are those who actually pray together. So it'd be a great habit to get into, guys. I actually prayed for my wife this morning before she went to work. Yeah. Uh, I wish I prayed more regularly for her. Uh, I need to work on that. So, hey, I want to get in the meat of the podcast, guys. And I want to, uh, we've got a guest coming on our show here in the next couple of weeks, Paul Coughlin. He's been on our show before. He has an organization called The Protectors. And 10 years ago, he wrote a book called No More Christian Nice Guy, which to me, it should be on the bookshelf of every man. It's an excellent book. The 10-year anniversary came out. So I've read the revised version. And I want to talk to you about something from that. 
And in the book, uh, Paul talks about the three myths of manhood. It's on page 148. And I want to go through those with you because as I read those, I thought this is really, really true. So three myths of manhood. And the first myth is athletic ability. And here's what I would say about that. I was an athlete. I was a all-state athlete in two sports in high school. I was a four-year starter on a college football team that would be now, the program got dropped, but it would be a Division I school today. And um, I mean, I, I did all that, but at 22 years old, 23, it's over. And at the best, if you go to the NFL, you have four years average NFL. So so at 26, it's over, man. So who cares? You know, are you going to live your life saying the older I get, the better I was? You know, what are you going to do? And so, you know, we, and I think as parents, we kind of go, okay, I'm going to immerse my kids in sports. And if they don't make it, then we'll kind of settle for other things. And I think that athletic endeavors cost families their, their, their spiritual journey. I see families fold up and close shop over Jesus because they just don't go to church on Sunday anymore because they're too busy taking their kids to traveling sports. And I cannot tell you how many kids I've met and their parents have said, that kid of mine is a D1 athlete. <laughs> and that, that doesn't happen very often. And so, you know, First uh, Timothy 4.9 says, for, the bo- for bodily discipline is only of little value, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds a promise for the present life and also for the life to come. That is our greatest investment. Listen to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12.9. He said, my great... And God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. And what I have found is guys like me, I'm a strong guy, I'm an athletic guy, my biggest downfall in life has been relying on my physical strength and my athletic ability, and that does not get you far or serve you well when it comes to the kingdom of God. It really, really doesn't. And as much as I'd like to say it does, and I did 21 pull-ups the other day, Dale. I weigh 260 Ooh. pounds. Ooh. I think that's awesome. I can do push-ups all day long. Doesn't help me any, doesn't help me. <laughs> it helps me a little bit, but not a lot. And so we just need to work through this, guys. How good your kids are in sports or you think they're going to be, listen, Jesus first. Myth of manhood number two, sexual conquest. I had a young guy ask me a while ago, hey, what's your number? I go, what's my number? He said, yeah, what's, how many women have you had sex with in your life? And I said, here's the only matter number that matters. I held up the number one. I said, one. Since I've been a follower of Jesus, I've had sex with one wife, and I started one woman, my wife, and I did not have sex with that one woman until the day I was married. And, and that's the only number that matters. Your sex, and when I hear guys share their stories, Dale, like, tell me your testimony. These guys always talk about, oh, they put on a sad face. Like, oh, I just womanized so many women. I was just a stud. I'm like, I really don't care because we all have the same story. Yeah, you were you were sleeping around. Who cares? It's, it doesn't matter. It's, it's re- irrelevant to the story of Jesus in your life. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4 says, Marriage is to be held in honor among all and the marriage bed to be undefiled or kept pure, some Bibles say. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. And here's what I want to say to you, especially you single guys. Be pure to your marriage even before you are married. I, if I could go back and rewind the clock, I would rewind the clock and just and just live a pure life until I met my wife and let my first moment sexual encounter be with her. I mean, and I've struggled with lust and, and lust issues, and I sh- I've been pretty open on the podcast about that. But that goes back to the sexual conquests. And, and I just want to tell guys, that does not make you a man. I would argue, Dale, it makes you less of a man. 
Mm-hmm. A real man is a one-woman man. That's what I would say. Myth number three, economic status. You know, I was talking to my wife just a couple days ago, and I said, you know what, honey? I would rather be poor than rich. She's like, what? Are you insane? I'm like, I would rather be poor than rich. The rich have way too much they have to worry about. They have way too much, too many things they have to care for. I mean, we've joked about being rich. I've got a, I've got a house for my, my car, my car. I've got a house for my dog. I've got a house for my guns. I've got a house for my lawn equipment. I mean, we are. I've got a house for my clothes. My clothes go in their own little house. I have so much. When I sat on the toilet this morning, it flushed. Whoa, whoa, you know. Whoa. I mean, I am already rich. But I would rather be poor than rich because I find, and I find that the rich in my life, the rich guys I know, really, really struggle with being connected to the body of Christ on a consistent basis. They they really, really struggle with humility. They really, really struggle with being polluted by all of the stuff the world has to offer and that they can afford. I think it's a problem. In fact, here's what else I think, G, uh, Dale. In Luke 9.38, Jesus said, the foxes have holes. And the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He didn't have a home. In fact, in Mark chapter 2, he went to a home that he stayed in Capernaum, but it wasn't his house. So he was homeless. So is he less of a man? No, but in America, we tend to judge our success as a man, our economic status. And I just think that's garbage. And I think we need to follow Jesus' model and sell everything we have and follow him. There's a ballsy move. (laughs) So, so... I believe this, Dale. I believe a man is as a man does. Mm-hmm. So what is a man? I mean, if, if these three myths, economic status, sexual conquests, and um, athletic ability are myths, well, what is a man? What, who is this guy? What, what, what mantle does he carry? I believe a man is five things. I believe he is a protector and a defender. I believe he is a fighter and a provider. I believe he is a pursuer and a builder. I believe he is a leader and a sacrificer, and I believe he is a finisher and a conqueror. And we can unpack that more in other podcasts, and we've already unpacked that quite a bit in other podcasts. And I believe he does five things that make him a man. You can find out about this in my book, The Man Card, Five Characteristics Separating Men from Boys. We're going to change the title on this book pretty soon, but um, that's the original title. He does five things that make him a man. He protects integrity. He fights apathy. He pursues God passionately. He leads courageously, and he finishes strong. So a man is five things, a man does five things, but what he isn't is athletic ability, sexual conquests, and economic status. So guys, I hope this helps you as you're leading your family and your life into the new year. Hey guys, take a moment and uh, head on over to our website at menandarena.org. Grab a free electronic version of our bathroom book for men. Right now, that link is at the very bottom of our homepage. We're going to put it up in the very top and in your face real soon here. When you do that, we'll add you to our equipping blast. It literally goes out to thousands of men around this world uh, on a weekly basis, and it's just to equip men. It's not manipulative. It's not a marketing uh, ploy. It's just to equip you guys because you are our MVPs. Did you know that we are a crowdfunded uh, organization, guys? We are strategically crowdfunded, and we exist. We are a nonprofit organization that exists to help you to become your best version. So when you partner with us, you help us to offer all of our resources free to active military men in underdeveloped nations and missionaries all around the world. So guys, check out meninthearena.org slash donate and see how you can come on our team as a monthly financial champion. Until next time, guys, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Be the man you were called to be. Grind it out and 
be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men for around the world and find out the type of dad you are.